0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Downsizing, the podcast where we try and figure out when the office actually ended, because everyone would have been fired. My name is Curtis, and I'll be your host, and with me is my co-host and resident office expert, Antoinette. Hey, everyone. In this podcast, we will be talking about the Halloween episode of Season 2, which is Episode 5. In this episode, everyone is dressed up in their costumes. There's Trouble in Paradise with Jim and Pam, and Michael needs to fire someone. In this episode, we do get a cold open. It is not your typical cold open for what they become later on in the series.
1: It's set up for the episode.
0: Right, right. It it sparks the plot of this episode. Mm -hmm. Michael comes in, and Pam lets him know that Jan has already called for him. And Michael appears to know what this is about.
1: He says at the end of the month, Jan needed the name of who he was going to fire by the end of the month. And so that's how we know it's exactly Halloween. And Michael is just agonizing over this decision in the cold open.
0: Right. He calls Jan back and gets her assistant. And the assistant just says, Jan just needs a name. Doesn't need details, yeah. just needs the name. Doesn't
1: need to actually talk to Michael.
0: <laughs> right. So that's where this leaves off. But the cold open also gives us an opportunity to see a couple of people in costume. Mm-hmm. We see immediately Pam is dressed up as a cat.
1: A black cat. A
0: black cat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Kevin is in a superhero costume. <sighs>
1: He is Mr. Incredible before The Incredibles came out, but he's like Dunder Mifflin Man. But the but the costume is, looks exactly like Mr. Incredible.
0: Might be some intellectual property infringement there. Yeah,
1: um. I, I'll have to look up when The Incredibles came out and when this episode premiered.
0: <laughs> we also see Devin, who is a hobo. Throughout the episode, we see other people's costumes. Kelly is Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz. Angela is also a cat,
1: a white cat,
0: which is no surprise to anyone.
1: And Phyllis is also a cat. Phyllis
0: is like a like a cheetah print. Yeah, cat. like yeah. a
1: like a wild cat.
0: Right. Creed is a vampire. Oscar is dressed as a woman.
1: Just a blonde lady.
0: Yes. We get a quick shot of Meredith very late in the episode, and she just has, like, like a thing with her brains showing.
1: Oh, I didn't even notice. But, yeah. I did not notice what she
0: was wearing. And then Michael has a papier-mâché... Second head. Second head of his head, and so he's just Michael with two heads. Yeah. But what will become kind of the running theme <sighs> of Halloween episodes is... Kind of a two different ends of the spectrum. It is what Jim dresses up as and what Dwight dresses up as. <laughs> Jim usually puts almost no effort into his costumes.
1: Zero effort until, until the later seasons because of Pam.
0: And then Dwight usually puts a lot of effort into his costumes, and it is usually something very nerdy. So in this episode, Jim is the three-hole-punch version of Jim. So he just takes three black circles and puts it on his white shirt,
1: and that's it. And Phyllis loves it. She's like, oh, that's super clever. Like, people are like, oh, that's a really good idea.
0: I mean, only in context of they work at a paper company.
1: Sure. Like,
0: if Jim showed up to a Halloween party and did that, people will be like, all right, cool, oh, yeah, man. cool. You, you may as well just not have done anything.
1: <laughs> and then poor Dwight is a Sith Lord? Yes. Okay. Is that Star Wars? Yes. Okay. I have not seen Star Wars. Not that I don't think it'd be good. I just feel like I missed the boat. Um, not that I can't get on the boat. I fully understand that. I just haven't seen it. <laughs> but... He also looks like the monk from The Da Vinci Code that's played by... Um,
0: Paul Bettany? Yeah,
1: Paul Bettany. So he kind of looks like that, actually. With a, If he doesn't have his... And, um, and
0: that's Phyllis' guess as to what <laughs> he is, monk. that he's a monk.
1: Because if he doesn't have his light stick thing, <sighs> <laughs> you don't know what it
0: is. It's a lightsaber for those that... Might not know what Antoinette is talking about.
1: Sorry. And I am a huge Harry Potter fan, so I know fandoms. I just am not part of this one. Sure. So please don't attack me.
0: Right. <laughs> so Dwight has basically, I mean, he. this is not his most elaborate costume. He basically just puts like very pale makeup on his face. <laughs> he makes his and eyes he, look really red. Yeah, And he has a long hooded like robe thing, and he has his lightsaber, and he brings up to Jim and is like, "How much did that? Like, he's just yeah. like you just put three black holes on your shirt. This lightsaber cost me a hundred and twenty dollars. So he's, I mean, he did put in financial yeah effort into his costume. <laughs> sure.
1: The subplot for this episode is Jim and Pam make a resume for Dwight and post it around the internet. And essentially, it seems like they apply for a job for Dwight at Cumberland Mills in Maryland. And this also leads to what Curtis was saying is the trouble in paradise uh, with Jim and Pam.
0: Right. At one point, Pam pulls Jim aside and was just like, hey, why don't you go for that job? It would be, you know, it's it's a great opportunity. It would actually challenge you.
1: It's a step up. It's, right. It's more money. And he's like, it's in Maryland. Right. And she's so, like, yeah.
0: So Jim just gets very weird about it. And the whole interaction, he just kind of cuts that interaction short. He does it, uh, cuts another one short later on in the episode. And Pam is just getting very... Worried about their friendship.
1: Pam inadvertently wounded Jim by praising him and seeing his potential. She had told the camera crew before talking to Jim that Jim has so much potential and he's very smart and very capable, and she can see that he's not living up to that potential at Dunder Mifflin.
0: And this was something that came up in the Office Olympics episode as mm-hmm. well. She essentially has. The exact same interstitial with the camera.
1: Yeah. So Pam is trying to recognize that talent in Jim and his abilities. And it's true. Like, Pam is correct. We see that as an audience over time that Jim does have the wherewithal and the skills to move up in this business. He just is not challenged. Like we saw in Office Olympics. He could close a sale at lunch and do an expense report in five minutes and have a pretty productive day. There's not a lot that's challenging him in his days. So that's making the difference. But Jim feels like Pam's telling him that she does not need him.
0: Yeah, this is just a very weird interaction and reaction by Jim. I don't think anyone's first... Reaction to someone being like, Hey, why don't you take that job? Like it's a really good job and it's more money. I don't think anybody's first reaction would be, Whoa, what are you trying to do? You try like, are you trying to end our friendship? Like are you trying to get me away from you essentially? Well,
1: I think like Jim put so much stock into every little interaction with Pam. Yeah. So this is the person that Lost the biggest client he had, but because Pam fell asleep on his shoulder, like, cherished that day. Sure. And it's a person that kept a packet of hot sauce, as we'll see in a couple episodes, because they got tacos one day together. Like, there's, you know, if it wasn't in the office universe, in this, like, fictional universe, we would say that. Jim is very unhealthy in his crush, an unrequited crush on Pam, that he is becoming too consumed by it and he needs an outside hobby and to find something else. And he is trying, like he's dating Katie, but that's just a temporary distraction.
0: Right. He definitely just needs to recognize that at this point, Pam isn't it. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Like he in the end, at the end of the episode he goes through like what the <laughs> the perks of the job yeah, are like why he's like this would it
1: actually be a good job for him. It's
0: double now. pay. It's mm-hmm. double the pay and you're going to stay in, in this screen. dead end dead end job for this just because of this girl who is at this moment engaged and not available to you mm-hmm. and you're going to throw all of that away just to stay in this situation. And
1: he says he likes shop Softshell crab, and I don't know how far away. So, Scranton was what, like a three hour drive from New York City? They talk about like driving to corporate, so it wouldn't be terribly far. Oh, in my
0: mind, everything in the Northeast is like a five hour drive away.
1: Well, Pennsylvania is not the Northeast, though.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Okay. I mean, it's not New England, but I guess it's the greater n- Northeast, maybe, you could say. But what Maryland and...
0: I just picture it as the kind of near super city that is, like, New York, Philadelphia, Baltimore, D.C. are almost...
1: No, no, no. Baltimore and D.C. are mid-Atlantic. That's not Northeast.
0: Okay, whatever.
1: <laughs> Don't.
0: <laughs> We're getting off track. We're
1: right? getting very off track, but anyways... And as the season progresses, we will see this Jim and Pam uh, relationship come to a head. And we will see Jim sort of realize how much of his potential and his early career years he is sort of squandering at Dunder Mifflin in the sales job. But meanwhile, Michael is floundering big time.
0: Yes. This is very typical Michael. This episode really antithesizes the person he is.
1: Yeah. He he cannot not be liked.
0: Right. In the cold open, when he is talking to Jan's assistant, he asks her the question, if you were getting fired, how would you want to be told so you could (laughs) still be friends with that person? And that really... That's that's Michael in a nutshell. He mm-hmm. has to be liked. He can't make anybody upset. He needs to be friends with everyone at all times, no matter the circumstances. Yes. So that's what really drives him in his struggles with making this decision. He pretty much flat out asks Pam, who <laughs> should he fire? Who is the one that is not so good at their job? Yeah
1: business, re- He asked her, for business reasons, who would you say you would let go? And so he tries this on several different people. He first does it with Pam. And- in, in an
0: important note with Pam, she turns right away to say, "I hey, I'm just the one that yes. answers the phone. <laughs> this is a good interaction. And Michael goes, well, sometimes you just let it go to voicemail. <laughs> and Pam, knowing Michael and the person he is, immediately turns to flattery and just your costume is so great, and then Michael just lost loses his train of thought because somebody's being nice to him, yeah. and and that's it. Like Pam's safe now,
1: and Pam has a strategy down. She employs it across several um, seasons, as we'll see. One that's coming to mind is season five, the chair. She wants a new chair. And she's flattering Michael to have him make that decision over a copier. The next person that Michael goes to is Dwight. He asks Dwight to fire Stanley for him. And Stanley is having none of that. He's like, you don't have any authority. Like, get off my, like, stop touching my phone. Leave me alone. I'm not fired.
0: Another thing I meant to bring up earlier when we were talking about the costumes is that they do a really good job of kind of playing up Dwight's costume. They do a lot of camera angles where, yes. his, where his face is mostly hidden by the hood. Yeah. Especially when he is talking to Michael about who should be fired. And he like it is just this very devious thing. So they do a very good that job of playing up that. There's another time later, and I we'll, we'll guess we didn't get right into this, uh, Michael asks Jim to come in to kind of pick his brain yeah. and he closes the blinds and everything. It makes it look like Jim is the person whose Mm -hmm. head is on the chopping block. And as he goes into, as Jim goes into Michael's office and Michael closes the door, Dwight like pulls his (laughs) hood up very sinisterly and does a, uh, throat-slash-motion to Pam, which, of course, makes Pam very worried about what is going to happen to Jim.
1: Yeah, and, there, you know, I don't think there was ever any scenario in which Michael would fire Jim, because Michael is very much in awe of Jim. For sure. Um, he can tell Jim's sort of the cool guy, and he really wants to be just like that, so... All Michael wants from Jim is to help him role-play Firing Creed. (laughs) So Michael Michael is Creed, and Jim is Michael. And Jim just says, you know, hey, sorry, due to budget cuts, we're going to have to let you go. And Michael flips out.
0: Really trying to play (laughs) up his love of improv here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and so I can't say that the role-play helped Michael at all. And you can tell it's getting towards the end of the day. And so he just calls in Creed and says, You're fired. But Creed is able to talk him out of it. Yeah. Creed. More
0: Michael being spineless. Yeah.
1: Creed's like, No, come on. Remember all the good times and let's fight this together. Let's fight corporate. Let's don't even fill out the paperwork. You know who you really should fire? is Devin.
0: Right. This isn't the weird Creed that we get no. later on in this series. There's like there's little
1: there's little hints.
0: quirks to him. Yeah. In this interaction, but yes, this is not the full-on weirdo Creed <laughs> that we get later on. Yeah. So yes, Creed tells Michael to fire Devin. Michael calls in Devin, and clearly Michael has told Devin. That Creed said to fire him because Devin is saying, no, no, no. You had it right the first time. You should fire Creed.
1: Yeah. Creed's an idiot. What are you talking about? And then Michael's like, well, I can't, I can't fire Creed now. Everyone know I went back on it. And Devin's like, is that really the reason you're firing me? So it's very absurd. And Michael puts himself in a really terrible position. Um, as far as just laying out the facts of this is downsizing its economic downturn corporate budget crunches there's really nothing that can be done michael really spins this into something terrible about indecision and
0: yeah he really could have been like this isn't my call this yeah. came down from corporate sorry
1: yeah i just have to be the one to deliver the news and because he doesn't do that, I really do think that he is putting the himself and the company in danger of a wrongful termination lawsuit. Yeah. Because he didn't have any, he did have a reason to do so, but he showed his hand by saying, well, you know, I didn't really know who I was going to fire and another employee talked me into you. So the basis for Devon is basically nothing. Except that he's a minor character, and yeah, <laughs> that's his, his that's his sacrifice for the show for sure. And as Devin is leaving the office, Michael tries to give him a olive branch of a Chili's gift certificate.
0: So we get another
1: <laughs> yeah
0: Chili's product placement yes. here.
1: Um, Devin rips it up and invites a invites I think it's pretty much everyone but.
0: Everyone but Creed and Michael. Creed
1: and Michael to, and and Angela, right? Or did he say Angela? I
0: think he said Angela.
1: To come to Poor Richards. Like, abandon the party, essentially, and just come to Poor Richards.
0: And everyone does it. Like, it's yeah. just a, All like, right. yeah, whatever. And Angela pleads, it's like, what about the Halloween party? Right. And I feel like most people will be like, oh, yeah, good point. We can do that for a little bit. And then we'll go to Poor
1: Richards. Well, Richard, yeah, but. because I don't think they can have. It does not seem as though they have alcohol at the office Halloween party, but they just have, like, treats and food. And so, yeah, grab all the free food you can get and then go to the bar. Right. (laughs) And before they leave, Pam is able to pull Jim aside and say, Hey, I'm sorry. Please talk to me. If you ever left here, I would blow my brains out. And that is enough to massage Jim's need for Pam's affection, and he's fine with it.
0: Yeah, his mood towards Pam changes immediately.
1: Yeah. So, and then Michael just goes home to his condo, talks about how much he loves Halloween and how many offensive Halloween costumes he's worn (laughs) uh, to the office in past years. Several times being Monica Lewinsky, which that would have been six years right. out like it wouldn't have been topical um at that point
0: what's the other one he says oj he says oj but and then
1: janet jackson's janet
0: jackson's boo yeah. that's right i'm would that have been topical at the time yes it would was have. that that year all right
1: it that was 2004 four so yeah it would have been that same year but so inappropriate and yeah he just hands out candy to trick-or-treaters and that's how the episode ends.
0: You do see, though, in that interaction, you get to see Michael in his element. Like yeah. He interacting He's with the with kids. kids. He is very good with kids. It's one of the few times throughout the entire series that he is kind of an endearing character. It's yeah. His ability to kind of relate with kids and get along with them because he is still a child at heart.
1: I would argue that... The only time we see his genuine self is when he's interacting with children or when he's with Holly in the later seasons.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: So he just is not that social sort of ineptitude that he has forces him to mask who he really is because he's so desperate to be liked by whoever he's talking to. Yeah. Curtis, I before we end, I just want to bring up something that I heard on the Daily Zeitgeist about... Jim and Dwight's interactions. Okay. The Daily Zeitgeist being a pretty awesome daily podcast about news and pop culture, if that's something you're into. They mentioned, and it was just a tweet, it was just a, a repeating of a tweet, that Jim, as a character, essentially terrorizes this poor man on the autism spectrum that is just a quiet, unassuming beat farmer. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Um there is truth to that. There that is that is for sure.
1: Yeah, there is a kernel of truth there. Not not saying that Dwight doesn't participate, but and I don't want to armchair diagnose autism spectrum disorder here. But Dwight is certainly gullible. Absolutely. And I think Jim knows that.
0: It's hard to say that Dwight deserves these things. I don't think
1: he deserves it.
0: Because that is Jim's justification in all of this, is that Dwight is a pain, and so he is going to retaliate with jokes, essentially.
1: Yeah, and pranks and everything. We should revisit this conversation in the penultimate episode of this season. Okay. And kind of, like... To have this discussion against that backdrop.
0: Okay. So we will come back to that at a later episode. Yeah, think about
1: that. Think about that, listeners. Give consideration to the evidence before you. And then when we get to... I'm blanking on the name, but when we get to the penultimate episode of this season, bring that back and put it against that backdrop of that episode.
0: So in the meantime... Let's go to the annex with Antoinette to find out some fun facts about this episode.
1: So not a whole lot in this episode. Another one of the sort of odder episodes of season two until we hit a stride, we would say. But a couple things stand out. One is Michael's interaction with Oscar when Michael goes over to accounting to ask, the accounting department to find an entire person's salaries and benefits in the books he's looking at everyone's costume and oscar's dressed as a woman he's just wearing this floral uh print dress and michael says oh yeah okay that's that's not unexpected. feel like
0: feel right in your right in your skin or right at home that or something like that
1: which is bizarre um for several reasons that don't make sense in today's era of what we know about just LGBTQ and gender fluidity and things like that. But Oscar is gay, as we learn in season three. And when that revelation happens, Michael acts like he had no sort of indication. So- yeah. Um, that's just an interesting, I don't, I can't tell if that's a purposeful nugget that the writers are laying out or if it just kind of worked out that way. Yeah. Also, Angela's costume, she's sort of a white cat or it's, it's like a white leotard with like a kind of a fluffy white skirt and cat ears. Um, that actually pops up again in the season four premiere episode when she's showing a picture of her and her favorite cat, Sprinkles. This is the exact costume that she's wearing. And lastly, we also get some early shenanigans from the party planning committee. This will be another sort of running gag. The cleaning crew cleaned up all the spooky cobwebs and everything they put up. So Michael gives his own money to make the party better you know, go get some more decorations. And then Angela is a passive-aggressive tyrant. As her and Pam are setting up for the party, Pam brings in what she made. And Angela says, that's not chips and salsa. And Pam's like, no, I made brownies. Which Angela always makes brownies from, from here on out. Apparently she has, like, the best brownies. And Angela's extremely upset because Angela made cookies. And she said that's the same category. So she has these very big ideas and visions for what their office party should be. And she takes it out on Pam and Phyllis that they can never really live up to her expectations. Yeah. So that's all I have for the annex for this episode. All
0: right. All right. As for firings, no one really gets fired for the sake of this show. Devin gets fired for in the real show. So, we do lose somebody this week. Correct. However, it wouldn't be an Office episode without Michael really kind of towing the line. Yeah. With the comment to Oscar about dressing as a woman. Yeah. And then also in the break area he sees Kelly dressed up as Dorothy and he's like oh that's an interesting take on Dorothy and he's like you know it would be great some soccer cleats and shin guards and she Kelly's just like what and he's like you know bend it like Beckham and he's like oh and Kelly's like oh yeah cuz the indian girls in that movie so yeah. again just some kind of racial stereotyping by Michael yeah Do you have a Dundee to give out for this episode?
1: Yeah, it's kind of a lame Dundee. Um, I really couldn't think of anything better today. I have just the best costume, I think, is Kelly's. um, Because she had the red sparkly shoes and the actual dress that looked like Dorothy's. And everyone else's was kind of of ho-hum in comparison, so that's mine. Mm -hmm. Do you have one?
0: Yes. The... Dundee, for most body positive, goes to Kevin because of just the skin-tight costume that he was wearing, and he is a bigger guy. It, it did not hide anything. <laughs> so, good on you, Kevin, for just wearing what you wanted to wear.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was a fun costume.
0: And who is your employee of the month?
1: Um, My employee of the month is Creed because he was an inch away from losing his job and managed to keep it for another seven seasons.
0: (laughs) I have the same employee of the month for the same reason. Creed for being able to talk himself into his own job.
1: Yeah, and he doesn't really do a ton
0: no, later, later on, Creed would definitely have lost his job. He would <laughs> yeah. not have been able to articulate the reasons to keep his job.
1: He is not the eccentric actually, figure.
0: Actually, I'm incorrect because the the quality control episode. Yeah,
1: well, that's what I was thinking too. In season three, and we'll get there, but he should not keep his job for another seven seasons. Let's right. just say that.
0: But he is able to... Kind of work his way into keeping his job again later on in right. this in this uh, series. Yes. So that does it for us. We almost made the Halloween episode being
1: the week of Halloween. The week of
0: Halloween, yeah. just a little early.
1: We're in the si- we're in the right month.
0: Sure. So we will see you guys next time again. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at downsizingpod and. Make sure to subscribe, like, do whatever you can do on all of your favorite podcasting mediums. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. See
1: ya.